0: what's going on guys your boy chris here for madridism fc and thank you for joining me in today's video where we are going to be talking about the game that was real madrid two las palmas one so first and foremost this is the 100th podcast of the madridism fc channel this channel is still very young it's in its infancy but i want to appreciate all you guys madridistas that come have joined me in this daily struggle, seeing Real Madrid lose, win the victories. We've seen Real Madrid win cups, lose cups. You know, we've seen it all. And I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Just a beginner. There's not a lot of followers, not a lot of engagement in the comments, uh, you know, in my views. But, you know, it's something that I'm growing every day. Obviously, I don't make money off of this. But hopefully in the future, I can get to a point where I can invest more time, more money into doing more types of content. And hopefully I can live off the dream, which is to talk about Madrid and how awesome those Blancos are, and how much better we are than Barcelona, which we'll get to in a moment. But today, let's talk about the you know what happened today, which was the game against Las Palmas. We played away from home, and we saw some rotations. And with Ancelotti, is very you know it's very difficult to give him praise because either he doesn't make enough rotations, and when he does rotations, we're like, man, why did you rotate? Like the team sucks. So it's always like a catch twenty two with Ancelotti but i mean it is what it is guys and today i really realized that ancelotti's tactics are this my 11 are going to be better than your 11 and that's it right there's no x's and zeros that mark the plays the patterns there's no thoughtful pressing that we're doing there's no there's no tactics going on guys it's just my 11 is better than your 11 and that's it right so Today let's talk about the lineup. We have up top uh, Vinicius Jr. with Rodrigo and in the midfield we did see the most changes. We saw a Brahim Diaz with Ceballos and then we had a Cross and Cavabinga, and then in the defense is the pretty much the only defense we have left except for the change of Fran Garcia for Mendy and then Nacho and Rudiger and Carvajal and then Lunen who's uh, getting the nod so far. So this game ended up being very similar to the last few games because the first half was actually pretty awful just like the game against Almeria but this time it was because there was there was a player that was fucking everything up and that player was Danny Ceballos. This player had a horrible first half he was uh, missing a lot of passes he was trying things he seemed very slow I saw a stat on Twitter that was like comparing the pass accuracy between cross Camavinga and Ceballos and both Camavinga and Kroos were probably at the high 90% and then Ceballos was at a 77% when it came to his passing accuracy, which is pretty horrible. But the worst part about him is just his physicality. He has no energy. He really does not uh, make for a person who closes the gap between the, the midfield and the forward line. And Ceballos needs to get the the treatment, the secret, the mentality that Isco went through. Because Isco was in a very similar situation a few years ago in Real Madrid. Isco seemed very slow. He seemed like an ex-player. He seemed totally retired. You know, he would fall. He looked fat. But Ceballos, obviously being a lot younger than Isco, than what he was a couple of years ago, and not being fat. But Ceballos' physicality is not good, right? So... We see Isco right now playing with Betis, and he seems like a totally new player. His physicality is probably even better than what it was when he was younger. Obviously, you know, age is age. But, dude, you got to get on that Isco treatment because y- this is embarrassing. Like, the fact that you're getting, you know, you're getting ahead of Schrameni, Arda in the in the midfield, it's ludicrous. Ceballos was really making that difference for us. I feel like, you know, he was really, you know, just messing things up. And also... Uh, just up top we had no presence in the area just like last game I mentioned that in the last video in the first half we had no presence in the area uh, there was countless of times when Fran Garcia went up and he did some nice crosses some nice uh, square passes to the box and there was no one there right so Real Madrid I just saw him attacking very disorganized too many uh, too many selfish decisions from Macy's Jr many times and something that I noticed is that Real Madrid likes to attack like a with a 3v5. Like sometimes there'll be three players against five, two against four, two against five. So, you know, there wasn't really tactically something going on. I guess Ancelotti was just hoping we had some spaces and Las Palmas is a team that he even said it in the in the press conference at the end that is a team that hasn't conceded many goals in the first half and they're very organized. I guess Ancelotti, and just like a veteran boxer, he was just waiting for the team to kind of, you know, get tired, and then will eventually find find its opening, and that's honestly what, it's his game plan probably every game, right? It's a miracle if we get ahead in the beginning. I feel like that's never the way he, he thinks things are going to go, but if it happens, it happens, right? So, you know, at first half, we didn't get granted a lot of spaces. But in the second half, we actually got a wake-up call, right? Usually, this is, this is how it works. Real Madrid usually does not start uh, beating teams in the beginning. Uh, we like to do comebacks. And comebacks is not for everybody, as we saw today, because Barca, uh, newsflash, lost 5-3. to three. But we got scored on very early. Again, Nacho uh, was probably at fault in the goal. He he um, He went out of position too far. He was slow to track back. And then you know when when the when the goal scorer scored, which it was Nacho's man, he wasn't able to, you know, detect them. He wasn't able to intercept the ball. He was he just seemed slow. He, he he's not. You could tell he's not focused. And uh, unfortunately, that happened. And Real Madrid had to you know wake up, make some changes. We had Ancelotti bring in Joselu. We had Ancelotti also bring in Valverde. And thankfully, he brought in Joselu because. We needed some presses up top and i feel like that really made things a lot better for us it opened up a lot of spaces just like in the last game Vinicius junior seemed a lot better he actually had a nice nutmeg uh he had a very nice assist to carvajal which was a disallowed goal and it seemed like it was rightly disallowed but i mean Vinicius junior is so frustrating to watch sometimes because he tries the weirdest finish for a situation that requires something more simpler But I feel like he thinks he's so good that he knows he's like, you know what? I can afford myself to do a crazy finish that might not go in, but I'm so good that I'm able to generate this opportunities time and time again. So my time will come. And we saw that happen three times because the first two times he... He got into very good areas and he wanted to chip the goalkeeper while he was super close to the goal. While the ball was bouncing, it was virtually impossible because the goalkeeper is a tall dude. He had a, a crazy ass hop and he couldn't even, you know, chip him because it's it's ludicrous. You're not going to do it. One of those chances actually went like over the goal, like literally like way over, not even close. So had he just finished it normally on the floor, I think it would have gone in. You know what I mean? At least one of those two would have gone in. But lastly, when he had the last chance, which was an amazing pass by Kamavinga, finally, he hit it with the left foot and that reminded me of CR7. That was Cristiano Ronaldo vibes. He had an amazing finish with his left foot, which we don't see that often. And it was with power. It was, you know... Uh, something with respect that I actually appreciate seeing from Vinicius Jr. And then the comeback started. And then, you know, once you see the comeback, I feel like their team sees that, okay, we're screwed. We're not, there's nothing to do. We just have to let destiny play out. And that's exactly what happened. The second goal came from Chamonix. It was a good cross by Tony Cross. And Chamonix, you know, second goal of the season, amazing header. And Real Madrid is just deadly with when it comes to their, you know, with their head game. Uh, pause but we know Rudiger, Shamini, José these are three deadly players when it comes in the air when Milita comes back that's going to be four and you know Ramager just you know very good second half all around Vinicius Jr seemed very deadly cross was good Valverde um, you know added some stability and physicality to the midfield which we needed we actually saw Brahim diaz not played as well as today he barely touched the ball i don't even remember the commentators or the narrators mentioning him he didn't have a shot on goal i never saw him dribble anybody i'm not surprised if i go online and, and, and i'm probably gonna see zero dribbles literally from Brahim diaz it's very unlike him but um you know, everyone has that type of game in, in 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 their in their life, and this is, I guess, one of them. Guler came in; he looked very promising. Uh, he almost got a goal. I'm very surprised he mishandled that first touch towards the end of the game because had he had a good touch, I'm pretty sure he would have finished it. Because we've seen him in the little bit of that he's played, he has very good uh, ball handling skills. First touch is always amazing. Uh, first pass, like first touch pass, amazing as well. He had one towards José Carvajal did good. I thought he wasn't as good in the first half, but Carvajal had a very uh, awesome game. But honestly, the stands out for me today was Vinicius Jr., Tony Cross, and Chamonix, obviously, for the goal. And today was Shamani's birthday. So awesome, you know, good news with uh, Chamonix scoring on his birthday. And I think it was a very well rounded game from Real Madrid at the end of the day. We're getting the points. You know, it's not being very easy. You know, this last few games, Madrid has had a very kind of a rocky start. But, you know, we're we're getting the points, which is what matters. But you know who's not getting the points? It's Barcelona, right? So let's kind of switch gears to our eternal rival, which is Barcelona. Uh, We saw Barcelona lose 5-3. Okay. Uh, Something even better happened at the end of the game, which was Xavi announced that he's going to leave the club in June, which is super weird because... He says that he needs to leave because the team needs a new dynamic, right? So why not leave now? Why is Xavi is not being sacked right away? I feel like if they do sack him, then the Barcelona is gonna is gonna lose the battle in the press, right? The battle in the media, which is that the the tiki taka the, the possession football is gone, it's not working, and they're kind of hoping for him to kind of figure it out at the end. But dude, you're 10 points away from Real Madrid and you're probably gonna drop some more points. You know, Barcelona is an absolute finished club right Barcelona has been finished for the past few years they've just been their lifeline has been has been extended for a little bit due to illegal ways of finding new players since Xavi has come in they have signed 18 players which is fucking crazy and 18 players later which you shouldn't have signed either way because you can't afford them you had to sell half of your club right you had to do some backwards weird fraudulent deals when it comes to selling Barca studios which uh, allowed you to open up some funds that you were gonna have in the future to buy some players, but the Barca Studios deal never even closed in the first place. So all the players they brought last season, Lewandowski, um, some other players that I forget, Kounde, those players shouldn't even be in Barcelona right now. So Barcelona is an absolute finished club. Plus you add 20 years of paying the refs to them, and you add that to the mix, you guys are done. When Messi left, you guys were done. You guys should have just sold the players you could put your money where your mouth is and just bet it on the on the youth squad a hundred percent don't even buy players you know La liga and tebas have been turning their cheek and allowed you to sign players in an illegal fashion maxed out in their salary cap and they shouldn't be allowed to sign any new players so it's funny how karma works because last week they were you know claiming they wanted to make this whole battle in the press that you know Real Madrid has the the referees paid off and all this uh, narrative that wasn't sticking obviously and today a week later Xavi announces that he's leaving after having a a pretty uh, bad boy press conference last week look at him today he's announced that he's leaving and for all you people that are comparing Xavi's leaving With Klopp leaving, bro, not even in the same universe. I don't know what you're smoking. But Klopp is leaving, announced that he's leaving while Liverpool is at first place. Xavi is at fourth place or third, I forget, or even fifth. I don't remember. But just think about that. It's not the same. This guy has won Champions League. This guy has has won a league. He's won many uh, smaller titles. He's changed the whole club. He's been there for... I don't know how long, maybe a decade, maybe shy of a decade. And Shabby hasn't done shit like that, okay? And he's leaving the club in, in bad shape. So, but if he stays, that's good for us because, you know, he's, he's led Ravager to glory.